On today's A Critical Faith Podcast, we look at what it means to live with loss when it seems we've lost all our support and it's been stripped away. The loneliness, the fear, the reality of our life after 2020. During World War II, Corrie ten Boom was arrested and sent to the largest concentration camp for women in Germany. The vast majority of the women sent there died, including her sister, but Corrie did not. After she was free, she said this of her experience of losing everything while living in horrific conditions. You may never know that Jesus is all we need until Jesus is all we have. Let's get into this topic on today's Critical Faith Podcast. Here now is Pastor Sue Collar with The Gift of Emptiness. With a sermon title like The Gift of Emptiness, it begs one to consider the losses of this past year. This has been a year unlike any other in our experience, for most of us. In dealing with a worldwide pandemic, we have lost the experience of simply being able to gather together physically as a community of faith. Zoom and Facebook are good, wonderful, glad we have it, but it's not the same as sitting down together in the same room. We have lost important relationships. Some have grown distant simply because of the lack of closeness. Some losses have been more heart-wrenching as elderly parents living in communities have literally not been able to be in the same room with their children for almost a year. Some losses have been permanent as people important to us have died during this pandemic. And we haven't been able to gather together again as a community of faith to support each other and to grieve and to celebrate. Those who have lost jobs during the economic effects of the pandemic know a different kind of loss, one that touches on a sense of worth and self. So it may be hard to think of emptiness as a gift when the losses are so fresh and many of them so large. Most of us don't really do well with emptiness, we have to admit it. Rather, we spend all of our days trying to fill empty spaces. Some people fill them with drugs and alcohol, some with sex. Some fill them with responsible jobs and providing for their families or making a name for themselves in the world. Some fill them with family. You see, it's not always bad things that we fill emptiness with. But what happens when the drugs stop working? Or when the ones we're chasing stop playing the game? What happens when a relationship falls apart or a parent dies or we lose that job or that position? What happens when a pandemic overwhelms the world and all the foundations we've relied on to help us stay strong and secure? What happens when they're all shaken? We're gone. Jesus said those who try to make their life secure will lose it, but those who lose their life will keep it. It's actually a proverb. It stands on its own, although Jesus uses it in the context of the judgment day. But it's a powerful proverb for us today because I think a lot of us have spent a lot of time this past year grasping at things we can't imagine living without trying to secure our lives when things are spinning out of control. And for a lot of people, that hasn't worked out very well. 
Now, certainly not as well as they would have hoped. And we know that because depression and suicide rates are about three times higher now than they were pre-pandemic. So what has happened when the things and the relationships we've relied on to help us stay strong are shaken? And what happens when those things that give us a sense of worth and significance and meaning have just been stripped away? One of the most poignant moments in Scripture is when Jesus cries out from the cross, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It's a very unnerving cry. And for many people, that cry has become a crisis of faith because how can Jesus, God in the flesh, be abandoned by God? Logic just breaks down at that point. But it also reminds us that what we feel may not necessarily reflect reality. There was a very human piece to that cry from the cross, from the one who was both human and divine. The cry is not the whole story. Eric Elness in his book, Gifts of the Dark Wood, talks about black hole faith. Black holes are a really unique phenomenon in the universe where Gravity is so strong that not even light can escape. Now, no one knows what's exactly in the center of a black hole. There's all sorts of theories, including that they may be gateways to other universes. But what we do know is that in its mysterious center is a region of such infinite density, the singularity it's called, that all known laws of physics break down. I don't remember where I read this, but one physicist said that where all the laws of physics break down, a world of endless possibilities is born. Where all the laws of physics break down, a world of endless possibilities is born. That's where God does God's best work. At that place where everything breaks down. When we discover the limits of what we can do and even believe, when we're lost and we've lost everything that we've grounded ourselves on, when even logic fails, that's when the dead are raised and the empty are filled. Now, one might ask why God doesn't raise the dead or fill the empty when we're feeling good, when life is going well for us, when we're feeling full. Why wait until we're broken down? Why wait until we've lost everything of value to us? And I suspect it's because when we think we've got it all together, when everything's going well, there's not as much room for God in our lives. We're satisfied with what we can do and with our own human abilities and ideas and plans. We're satisfied with the world we've constructed for ourselves. But when it all falls apart, that's when there's space for God. Because when it all falls apart, we are no longer limited by our plans and our abilities and the world that we have created ourselves. We are free then to discover that at the center of who we are is God. And with God, all things are possible. There's a quote from Maya Angelou, and I couldn't find the context of it, so my apologies to her if I'm totally taking it out of context. But it resonates with this idea of becoming empty. She said, I found that I knew not only that there was a God, but that I was a child of God. 
when I understood that, when I comprehended that, when I internalized that, ingested that, I became courageous. You see, most of us have a level of anxiety about our world falling apart. I think that's a very human thing. I'd be surprised if someone did not have anxiety about the thought of their world falling apart and losing the things that matter to them. That's why we hang on to them so tightly. But as we are reminded, that's when we find God. And with God, all things are possible. So what if instead of trying to fill the emptiness with things that won't last, what if we embraced it to see what God is doing? Now, I won't lie, that's a scary thought, a scary proposition, because it means recognizing that at my core, I am not my job. I am not my awards. I'm not even my mother's daughter. I'm not even fully my beliefs, which have been shaped by other people for generations before me. I am not my hobbies. I am not the spouse of my wife. I mean, none of these things. What if we strip all of those things away? What's left? I mean, think about introducing yourself to someone, and you can't talk about what you do for a living or who you're related to or what your hobbies are or anything you've achieved in your life, what will you tell them about yourself? Most of us have never done that, at least not intentionally. But what we find when we do that is a God who sees beyond our imperfections, beyond our failures, beyond our fears and our insecurities, and who sees us. All that stuff stripped away, God sees us, a child of God. And God calls us to courageous new beginnings. Years ago, I traveled to Brazil with a friend. We visited an orphanage for children with AIDS in Sao Paulo. It had a profound impact on him. It might not have if he hadn't already been feeling lost and empty in his own life. But like so many of us, even if we're feeling unfulfilled in our work, we're likely to stay there because it's stability. It's a paycheck. In his case, it was also very much his identity. He was a pastor, and as any pastor knows, we have a hard time separating ourselves from our role. But it was crumbling around him. It, there wasn't any major crisis or anything. It was just ceasing to have meaning for him. But then we went to Brazil, and he became courageous. He heard God speak into the vacuum of his soul, and when he got back, he resigned from his church and became the director of a brand new street ministry. And it was the best thing he ever could have done. He was alive then. Elness says that emptiness becomes a gift when we stop trying to fill it with things that don't last or don't matter or give life. When we stop trying to fill it with those things, then there is space to encounter the fullness of God within our emptiness. I wonder how many nudges from God we miss because we're full. Because we've got it all worked out. We've got our plans. We've got everything under control. And I wonder how often we drown out God because when we do start to hear God's call, it can be pretty scary. Because God pretty much never calls us to places of comfort. Think of Moses. Moses lost everything when he ran away from Egypt, ran out into the wilderness in the middle of nowhere, meets God. And what happens next? God says, I want you to go back to Egypt and talk to Pharaoh. And Moses comes up with this long list of reasons why he can't do that. God never calls us to places of comfort. 
And that's why it can be scary sometimes. And so when we start to hear God's call, we quickly find other things to fill that empty space so we can drown that voice out. But what if we listen? What if we recognize that all those things we fill our lives with, no matter how good they are, and many of them are good things, what if we start to recognize that all of that pales in comparison to knowing the living God who loves us? What if we risk setting aside the person we made ourselves to be to become the person God calls us to be? What if we risk being filled with the God who raised the dead and makes all things possible? Emptiness is a strange gift. You can't really wrap it and just put it under a Christmas tree and open it when you're ready. But it is a holy gift. For we worship a God who emptied God's own self for us, that we might live. That's what this gift is. It's a doorway to life. I hope you open it, and I hope you treasure the possibilities it holds for you. Thank you for joining us today for a Critical Faith podcast from First Presbyterian Church in Lincoln, Nebraska. We are a community where faith is nurtured, curiosity is encouraged, diversity is welcomed, and all are loved. Find out more about us by liking our Facebook page at First Presbyterian Church in Lincoln, Nebraska, or by going to our website at fpclincoln.org.